This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 250, Three Ways to Raise a Bilingual Child with Bilingual Avenue host, Mariana Dubosk. Welcome to the All Ears English Podcast, downloaded more than 5 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection. You'll finally get real native English conversation with your American hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Boston and New York City, USA. Today, our guest will give you three ways to give your child that edge in life by helping him or her become bilingual in English and your native language. Today, we have a special guest. Today's guest is the host of the Bilingual Avenue podcast, where she offers tips and strategies on how to raise a bilingual child. Our guest is also a bilingual mother, a former bilingual educator, and a lifetime language learner. Let's welcome to the show today's guest, Mariana Dubosk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Mariana, how are you today? Welcome to All Ears English. Thank you. I'm very excited to be with you today. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time today. And we're excited to hear from you because you're an expert on bilingual children and how to raise a bilingual child. And you know, our listeners, some of them have relocated to the US or the UK. And I'm sure they're interested in knowing more about how they can have their child learn English, for example, while maintaining their native language, or if they're back in their home country and they also want their child to learn English or another second language. So what in your mind are the benefits of raising a bilingual child, first of all? Well, there are really just so many benefits associated with speaking multiple languages. You have the obvious ones like opening doors in your career later in life. But there's such fantastic research coming out with cognitive advantages and the way it shapes your brain that I find simply fascinating. So I think it's important, like you're saying, to learn a second language, but also so key to preserve your home or your heritage language because it really can give your child a fantastic edge in life. Yeah, that's so interesting. And on this show, we talk a lot about how we can actually express ourselves with slightly different personalities depending on the language that we're speaking. And to give a child that advantage in life, it's just really cool. Absolutely. And I think, again, more parents are doing this work. So people are finding communities of support to continue to do this work. And in general, it's just a fantastic opportunity that you can give your children. Awesome. So let's get into some concrete tips from you on how our listeners might go about helping their child, well, first of all, learn a second language or become bilingual. So what would be your first tip on how they could do that? 
The first thing you want to keep in mind is exposure. You want to expose your children to rich language input as much as possible because this will give them the tools and the vocabulary to learn or use that language and truly internalize it. Okay, very cool. So what is rich input? What does that actually mean? Well, you want to really focus on quality. And some of my favorite ways to create that quality with language is, for example, by reading books, whether that's independently or together as a family. And if the parent is not yet proficient in the second language, they can pass on the language by using audiobooks, for example. That can be a really fantastic resource and a family activity. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, that's a good point because I, I could imagine some of our listeners asking that question, you know, what if my English isn't perfect? How can I teach my child English? Right. So your answer to that is to go ahead and use tapes or audios, MP3s, maybe podcasts to have the child listening to the actual native language. And then kind of you're doing that activity together. Yes. And then that also then you're not by exposing them to audio, then they're not just getting the language from you. They can see that there are other people speaking that language. And that adds another sort of cool element to it as well. Yeah. Is there one one side question? Is there a kind of ideal age to start a child? I guess this must be highly debated in your field of bilingualism. But is there an ideal age where our listeners should think about starting their child with English, for example, or another second language? Honestly, as soon as possible, there's been a lot of great research about how the bilingual or multilingual brain develops and children are perfectly capable of separating the languages. They can associate it based on time, based on a person. My daughter, for example, is two years old. She knows that with me, she speaks in Spanish and with my husband, she speaks in English. And you'll be amazed at how well they're able to separate that. Just like if they go to a language school, they'll know that they speak German at school and English at home. And and really, we as adults get more caught up on how to make that difference, but children can do that seamlessly. Oh, that's brilliant. I know you often hear adults saying that they mix up French and Spanish or Italian and French and dipping words in and out. And But I guess children don't do that as much. That's so interesting. So that's definitely sort of a pointer to start that as early as you can, because again, you can sort of leverage that ability that they don't quite know and get caught up like we do as adults. If you're thinking of audio, you can also include YouTube. I'm not a huge fan of parking your child in front of the TV or the computer, but if you focus on some good programming in the target language, you can use that wisely as a very sort of cool tool for children to see as well. Okay, I like that. So the first thing is exposure to quality input. Um, so what would be the second thing that our listeners could do to help their, their children learn English or learn another language? The second element you want to keep in mind is creating a need to use the language. You really want to get your child using a language. They have to feel like they must use it to get by. Otherwise, they're just going to rely on the language they dominate more. This happens mm -hmm. to adults too, so it's a normal reaction. Yeah, how can you set that up in your, how, in your home? I mean, how could you require that use from your child without being mean <laughs> to them? <laughs> you know, it's actually a lot easier than we may think. If you have friends or family members, for example, that speak the language, so talking about preserving that home language, for example, you mm -hmm. can solicit their help. There's tools like Skype or FaceTime that you can use to call back home or other mm -hmm. folks that speak the language. This is something I use every day with my parents to expose my daughter to Spanish. We chat about our day. They interact with her in a fun way. And again, it's encouraging that language with not just mom and dad, but with others within the community. This podcast is sponsored by RAMP. 
Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Mm. And so generally, for example, in your case, you came to the U.S., you were here, your child was born in the U.S., I guess, right? And how did you have the, ch- um, how did you allow her, what was the balance between English and Spanish for her in terms of learning? Like how much Spanish was she speaking? Well, right from the beginning, I spoke exclusively to Spanish. So I sort of created that expectation that with mama, it would be Spanish and with daddy, it'd be, Sp- it'd be English. And so again, just it just for her, it works automatically. She does a pretty good 50-50. We use a strategy called one parent, one language. That's actually very common because children are learning both languages simultaneously. So it's say 50-50. And now we've injected a, a third language with German as the daycare, which she speaks exclusively there. And how is that coming along, the German? It's fascinating. Right now, she is understanding just about everything the teacher is saying. She's not quite speaking yet, but she's only been in the daycare for two months. So to, to oh. for me to hear that she's understanding, I can tell you as an adult, I'm struggling a lot more than she is. <laughs> oh, man, a lot of our listeners must be feeling jealous of kids right now because You know, adults often struggle with languages. And I do think a big part of it is what we hit on before is the self-consciousness and the fear of making a mistake, whereas kids just kind of go out there and they just absorb, don't they? Exactly. They they really don't know any better. So that's a great way for them to, you know, not have those barriers. I'll say going back to your point about how to create that at home, you know, if you are not, again, proficient in the language, your child's going to know that, let's say, you're only going to speak to them in Spanish and you want them to learn English. One thing to consider is to hire a tutor or a sitter that speaks exclusively in that language. Mm -hmm. And when I say a tutor, I don't mean just, you know, another adult sitting on the other side of the table lecturing your child. Instead, you can create some activities that they can have fun together. It can be as simple as making a batch of cookies and you can go over the ingredients in the language, the steps in the language. So really think of some ways where your child then is going to feel that they need to do that, whether that's with you or with someone else. Right. So don't stay in that typical academic mentality, right? So let the child learn through actions, I suppose, and through just doing different activities with, yeah, with with you as a parent or with a nanny or a tutor or someone that you hire to come into the home. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think people are doing this around the world. You know, they're hiring, you know, native speakers to come into the home and hang out with kids uh, and just kind of speak with them and play with them. It's a great way to learn. And you can... Instead of just just the sitters or just don'ts, if you know other children as well that speak the language or are trying to learn the language, playdates are also really fun. What I have mm-hmm. found is that if you just have a group of children that are just playing on their own, they're probably going to resort to that language they feel more comfortable. 
So maybe adding some structure, whether that means let's go on a walk and talk about what we see, try to insert yourself. And maybe that requires a little bit of planning in advance, but there's nothing more powerful than learning from your peers. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Okay. So your second tip was create a need to use the language. Awesome. And so what would be that third tip? I mean, we kind of touched on this, right? So, but what, what was that tip, that third one? The last thing to keep in mind is that you have to keep it fun. You know, kids are kids and they're going to respond well when they're enjoying themselves. So find things that they're naturally drawn to and inject language into those experiences. Mm. You'll, you'll increase your odds of them becoming excited about the language and ultimately learning it as they go along. Yeah. What are a few other examples of things that, that your children enjoy doing or your child has enjoyed doing in another language? Just to give us some ideas. Sure. Well, technology is just a huge part of their lives right now. And there are certain ways that you can inject technology into language learning. It may take some digging, but there are a lot of good apps out there that you can look for. It's going to be very dependent on the language. What I will say is you do want to kind of find that walk line, that fine line when you're working with technology. And so think of apps or resources that are going to get your child talking and actually using the language, whether that's with you or with other family members that are working with them. Okay, so use the technology as a tool so that they can start connecting with other people, not being glued to the technology itself. Exactly. And then if there are any language classes in your community that you're, you know, you can find that are somewhat accessible, again, you're putting then your child in a setting where they're seeing other peers learning the language, and that can be really helpful as well. Oh, I like it. I like it. Oh, this is brilliant. I love it. I'm sure that our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of these ideas because I know this is something that's on their minds. You know, how can they give their child that advantage of helping them you know, learn English in this case and maintain the native language. How can they do that whether they're abroad or whether they're here in the U.S. or in the U.K.? So just to recap what I've heard today, the awesome tips that you've you've shared with us. So the first one was exposure. Make sure you're exposing, exposing your child to rich input, quality input through YouTube or reading or through MP3s and tapes and good listening material. Number two was create a need to use that language, whether it's, for example, when you're maintaining the native language, connecting with, you know, maybe the grandparents back at home if you're here in the U.S. with your family. And third is to make it fun because after all, they're kids, (laughs) right? Exactly. I love it. Okay. Well, this is great. Mariana, so I know that you've recently started a podcast. Could you share that with our audience? What's the name of your show? Sure. It's called Bilingual Avenue, and I release two episodes a week. So typically on Tuesdays, I interview either a parent that's going through the language journey to sort of share their best practices or an expert in the field to sort of give us the theory and actual strategies that we can implement at home. And then Very on- cool. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. And then on Thursdays, I have a question and answer episode where I answer a listener's question and I draw my experience as a language learner, a bilingual teacher, and a multilingual parent. So if you have a burning question about your language journey with your kids that you like answered on the show, please ask. I'll be happy to cover it on the show. Yeah, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners might have a question. So guys, I want to encourage you to reach out to Mariana on her show. And also, how can our listeners find you online? Did you have some kind of offer for them, something that you have available for them to get started? Yeah, you can sign up for the Bilingual Avenue newsletter to get additional tips and strategies as to how to implement this at home. I actually have a free PDF with seven fun and easy ways to increase exposure in the target language, many simple things that you can use at home. 
and there's actually an activity for each learning style, so you should be able to find some ideas that work for your children. It sounds like it. So where can they find that? Where should they go online to find that 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 PDF guide? You can go to bilingualavenue.com forward slash newsletter, and then I'll send that your way. Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mariana. This has been fascinating. And the possibilities with kids, I mean, it's just amazing what they can do. And so we can all be inspired by by what they're able to do. And we can learn from our kids as well. <laughs> well, thank you, Lindsay, for the opportunity. I'm excited to know so many people are invested in this work. And I wish the best of luck to everyone on their language journey. Great. Thank you so much, Mariana. Have a great day. Thank you. If you believe in connection, not perfection, and you want to put your ears into English more often, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes on your computer or on your smartphone. And hey, if you liked today's show, please let us know with a review in iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time.